getting your weekend started right. The Jet Set Breakfast. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Nico, on the couch, the cup of coffee. How's it going, mister? Yes, um, it's going really well. I've had the coffee nice and early this morning. It was a good one. So, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing absolutely brilliant. I'm considering taking up surfing lessons again. <laughs> are you internet or sea? Oh, sea. Okay, that was bad. That was a bad joke. Just move on. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> Nico, why are you sounding so far away? Is it? Uh, are you? I'm in Victoria. Yeah, you're, I'm in Victoria, so that's quite a distance, Michelle. I don't know. If I that's know. No, I think it's more, it's more like your phone line. But nevertheless, <laughs> l- let's crack into your. Uh, you've got you've got a car you want to discuss with us. Yes, um, um, I, I I drive a car that really is is, is quite um, uh, what's the right word. Um, has a lot of road presence. You know, there's some cars that um, uh, uh, sort of if you drive a smaller car, then people tend to ignore you and cut uh, uh, taxis will cut you off. And if you drive some cars, then people tend to make way. And this is one of them. Um, it, it's the Land Rover Defender. Now, I've driven the Defender before. I've driven the 90. And as you know, that was one of my favorite cars. But in this case, um, I'm driving, uh, well, I was driving the, the Land Rover Defender 110, which is the, 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 the longer wheelbase car, the five-door, uh, and I drove the V8. Now, the first thing, if I say Defender V8, you know, you can just imagine with a V8 engine, which is, is at the heart of this beast. <laughs> you know, it is really quite something else um, with a V8 engine, because it's, it's quite a heavy car, the Defender. Um, and, and the focus really on a Defender, in, in my mind, or where I see it, is an extremely capable off-road vehicle, especially the older ones. The newer ones, of course, focus um, not only on off-road ability. I've driven them off-road. They are really extremely capable. But they yeah. also um, add to that um, luxury now and, and the fact that you can really customize these cars um, to to your heart's content. So you have different packs like an Explorer pack or an Adventure pack or a Country pack or an Urban pack, which are effectively small details that you can customize the car. And then apart from that, you can add other customizations like tow bars um, or you know, comfort or convenience features. But if you're off-road inclined, you can add a ladder. And, you know, it's, uh, uh, there's so many ways to customize the car. So if you, if you like customizing cars, this is one of them. Um, <laughs> I have to admit, the, the first time I saw the V8, I wasn't too sure because it, it really is, is, you know, it was in black with big 22-inch tires. So you, I'm all, I was almost going, you know what, the defender's focus is more off-road, um, where with these Kennedy tires, the car looks very imposing. But is it really sort of what the objective was? But one thing is, the more I drove it, the more I really liked it. It was really a nice car to drive. It has a lot of road presence. Um, as I said, with that V8 engine, um, it really goes quite well. It's 386 kilowatts. So you can imagine um, it's quite fast. It sounds quite brutal, 625 newtons. It's actually V8 with five uh, V8 supercharged engine. So even though the car is quite heavy, um, it really, really goes well. It accelerates quite well. I like new cars; it tends to hide the speed quite well. And as I said, you know, in black, it has a lot of road presence. So beautiful. You know, I really still think the Defender is a, a beautiful styled vehicle. I don't know what you think. I'm, you've got some pictures there. What, what are yeah. your thoughts on the Defender? It, it looks. It looks like I want to take a long, long, long road trip. Actually, exactly. And I, and I, and I know. And I, you know, it reminds me of Magnum in the nineteen eighties uh, when he was 
driving with his 308, um, he would always say, I know what you're thinking, and you're right. Um, I don't know if you remember that. So he would sort of talk to you, uh, and, and in this case, I know what you're thinking, and you're right. That V8 engine is heavy, and, and it, it, it is. The fuel consumption, is, if you drive it, and I did drive it sedately most of the time, and the consumption is not bad. I landed the claim about 12, I think 12, let me look at my figures, 12.7 meters per 100 kilometers. Um, but for a long distance driving, it's great. We, took a, we went hiking, um, you know, um, and we took it for, for, for a nice drive. And it's such a nice long distance driver. Even with 22 inch wheels, it's comfortable inside. Overtaking is easy. The seats are comfortable. You have a commanding position inside. Um, and also, um, just like the rest of the defenders, lots of storage spaces, uh, lots of places to charge your phone and put your water bottle. So in that regard, it, it was something I really, really enjoyed. So, I mean, you, you say it's a V8. Is this a petrol or diesel? So it's a petrol V8. It's a good question, yeah. actually, because a lot of these guys um, might be um, uh, um, uh, well, a lot of competitors, or there's some competitors that uh, have big um, diesels, but this, in this case, it's a 5-litre V8 supercharged engine. So you can go, imagine this, you know, as I said, it, it really goes quite well. And of course, then it had all the luxuries, like radar cruise control. So you're just um, sitting behind other cars, you um, set the cruise control and it keeps the distance and it keeps you in lane. Um, as I said, so uh, seat, seat heating, seat ventilation. So any luxuries you could wish for is in this car. Um, so yeah. if you're doing long distance driving, so in my mind, where I position this car, it tends to be more like a G-Wagon, so Mercedes-Benz G-Class, that type of competitor, because the G-Class also actually in essence, when it started, was a very serious off-road vehicle. I, I quite like the old ones, and the new ones have a lot of presence, but they also tend to be a little bit about... Um, I want to almost say image driving as well. So people that drive those G-Wagons don't really do the off-road driving. It seems to be a lifestyle vehicle. And I think this is, a, to me, a direct competitor. So it's a car that um, has a lot of road presence. It's quite aggressive. looks great. People tend to make way. So if you want to drive a car and be seen, uh, that really makes a statement. This really makes a, a, you know, quite a statement. It definitely looks like a potent statement, but let's. Uh, it's also going to make a potent statement on your bank balance as well. <laughs> yes, of course. You know, if, if you want a car that, that, that has the latest technology, that has all the comfort features, that has a 5-litre V8 supercharged, 386 kilowatt, not 5.4, by the way. So even wow. That doesn't seem quick. It's quite quick for a car that I think I had a look yeah. at about 2.6 tonnes. So, yes... Um, it um, by no means it's something um, that I would be able to afford. You're looking at around 2.4 million rand for the Defender V8. Um, but actually, you know that's that's not that you know that's sort of small change if you consider in the segment what you can go up to. You know, if you want to spend um, five bar, 5.4 million, the most expensive uh, SUV you can buy is the Bentley Bentayga. So, you know, you can still go up and up and up. If you look at the price range where we're sitting at with the Defender um, V8, um, it has quite a few competitors. As I said in my mind, um, the biggest one is the, the G-Wagon, which actually costs a lot more. If I look at the G63, that's yeah. 3.5 million. So this relative bargain at 2.4 million. Um, and then you've got, of course, things like uh, an X5. You can have um, Audi's RSQ8 is also a competitor. Well, again... Not really competitive, competitive in price, but in concept, not really. Um, X7, you can have an X7 if you wanted, you can have a Porsche Cayenne. So there's quite a few options. But if you're looking at, if I say in, in, in concept, 
the, the G-Wagon for me, to me, is, is the closest competitor. But it's a car I really enjoyed and I had a lot of fun with. If I have to choose still for me the 90, which is not, in a sense, practical, um, but mm. just the 90 um, three-liter diesel, um, is that, that's the thing that I like quite a lot. So, I, must, I, I also like the idea that, I mean, you know, that the, the, the link that you sent me, the build your own Land Rover, buildyourlandrover.co.za so obviously then you just go in and you like can configure a whole load of different things on it and it does seem That's like it. that makes a lot of sense if there was one thing on that car that you would absolutely include in the configuration what would it be? Sure hey, That's a good question so, um, on, on that specific <laughs> car um, I don't, you know what the thing is it, it, it actually comes with it has so many standard features but if I think what I would what I would add, I wouldn't add any of the packs um, necessarily. For instance, you know, because for me, I don't do the off-road driving, um, so um, I wouldn't actually. The standard vehicle um, had so many nice features that I enjoy. I actually, I would actually be quite happy with the standard one, <laughs> because you know, if you look at the standard specification, if I just pull it up, give me a second. Um, so matrix LED lights, black headlining. Um, a tow bar, uh, interactive display. It had the, the latest, um, I, I, I think it, the screen was bigger um, and, and, and slightly better than I, and then on some of the other models. So I think it's a, an updated, I think it's Pivi Pro is the infotainment. Yes, it's Pivi Pro. Um, Head-up display is standard. Um, so uh, air suspension uh, is standard. Terrain response is standard. So you know, for 2.4 million rands, you're getting a lot of standard stuff. So mm-hmm. And also what I enjoyed, by the way, that trophy which I'm not a big fan of leather seats. I like a well-woven cloth seat or even Alcantara, and that's something I actually quite enjoy, not a full leather seat. You're a man of the people, Nico. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have 2.4 million. (laughs) Nico, um, I want to just ask you very quickly, have you ever been to the James Hall Museum of Transport? No, that's the one uh, uh, in Johannesburg. Yeah. Where's that? I've always wanted to go, you know. That's in La Rochelle. Oh, you know what, Venus Govi. Because that's the something I have The 28th of May, to. they're having a gig there. They're having like all sorts of things, cars. And, really? Yeah. So so if I'm in Joburg around that time, time, it'll be a Saturday. It's a Saturday. You know what? We should make a plan and go visit it. I think we should as well, without a doubt. Yeah. Listen, I know we've got time to quickly squeeze in a few um, questions, so if I may, I'd like to do that. Yes, jump in. Uh, from Glen Vista has said, Nico, um, what is the difference? This is a great question because I wouldn't know the answer. What is the difference between a BMW X5 and BMW X7? I have the budget for an X7, but I fear that I may be wasting um, only to find that they're exactly the same. Five feet and seven feet. Well, it's space. Um, if I if I really let's say if I dumb it down if, if that's the right word or if I make it simple, um, the, if you have a larger family, the X7 is is your car. So if you have more people that want to sit with a lot of space, the X7 is is, is actually quite big. If you have two kids um, and you know the the, the your, your the grandparents never travel with you or even three kids, then the X5 probably makes more sense. So if you have a a bigger family or you have to carry more people then I would go for the, the X7. But to me, I'd rather have the X5. But that is, again, but this is personal choice. So I would say that the thing that really makes your decision for you is how many people you have to carry in luxury because that X7 is quite, it's a big car, but you can have a lot of people sitting comfortable. In other words, what you could also do is 
two front seats and behind it two very comfortable seats that are like front seats and two mm. seats at the back. So you can have, you know, if more people need to move, move in luxury. But apart from that, the specifications, the things you could put in, in the vehicles, from the sound systems to the options, are extremely similar. They're very, very similar. Engines, very similar. So I would say my personal choice would probably be the X5, which is really a great car. Very dynamic car, um, very aggressive styling, if you like. You know, aggressive styling, it's really good looking. So that's what I would go for. Yeah. Interesting. I never realized that the five actually stands for the number of people that can seat in the car, the X5 and the X7. That's Not, so not exactly. Not exactly. It's about size, but I guess yeah. you could go that way. But um, um, Because the X, um, you can also have the X7 in a, a six or seven seater. Oh. It's really about size. So X3 smaller, X1 smaller. So, oh. um, yeah, but I would go for X5. It's a, a good okay. choice in a there we go. So let's go for uh, the uh, X5. Sounds like it makes more sense. Okay, let's go to a voice note. Hello, Michelle. This sounds like an ideal opportunity for you to go and have a, a trip around the Museum of Transport with Nico the petrol head. Wouldn't that just be a, such a great um, <laughs> half an hour of show? Walking around looking at buses and tractors and things. <laughs> Hi, it's Andy here from Grahamstown, also known as Gatstad. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that so much. But... Yeah, it, it, it would be like a walk and talk. I mean, it, because I'm actually sitting, you know, when I'm talking with you, I've got um, earphones. Maybe that could be the, well, the, the signal should be better, but I don't only have earphones. So we can almost have a walk and talk and we, we walk through the museum and talk at each car. So, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another question for you, Nico. If you had to, oh, okay, I have a very clear answer for this. But if you had to choose between the Discovery Three and the Hummer H Three, which one would you go for if you lived in an area with terrible roads? No, you're going to get better support. You know, Discovery Three as well. Um, uh, you're going to get better support from Land Rover than you're going to get from Hummer. You know. If your Hummer breaks down, you're going to find Arnold Schwarzenegger to get you some bits from America to, to fix the car. It's like, I don't know, that's a no-go. Go for the Defender. Don't go. You know, you're going to get support from Lando. The Hummer, wait, if something breaks, you're going to really cry. That's the thing with these cars, you know. Like, yes, uh, the Hummer has presence, but there's not really support. There's not lots of parts that you can get everywhere. Um, so you've always got to think Besides, of it like that. Like so not only the road. If you drive the Hummer, you're going to like look like you come from the military, which is no fun. I mean, nobody wants to kind of drive into yeah, a town yeah, yeah, but, looking yeah, exactly. like you're overtaking it or overrunning it or invading it, etc. But know, maybe you want to make a statement. If you want to make a statement, that's great. But when it breaks down, it's going to stand right there. And, 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 and effectively, you know, in 20 years' time, it's still going to be there because the parts are going to be expensive. You fly them in from America, so... Yeah, um, discovery so, no, no, no okay, doubt. I'm, I want to ask you, Nico, if you say you're going to make a statement, what kind of statement are you trying to make by driving in a car that is actually based on a military tank? I don't know. Military I don't know. What do you think that you know, statement is? I don't know. The thing is, you want to be seen. Uh, again, this is what I'm guessing because uh, you know, when we, let's say, when, we, when you're doing training with salespeople, we say to them, you know what? You should never tell your customer what you'd like. You should find out what they're interested in. Um, mm. So each person has different reasons why they're buying cars. Some people want a safe mm. car. That's important to them. You know, if you, if you just have, uh, if you've just got triplets, then you want space. 
Um, and then you don't worry about the design or the, you know, the image. <laughs> so, so, How did you come I, up with I, that? <laughs> no, that's, that's true. That's the thing. So if you have triplets, you're not going to say, you know what, I want the car to squish. You know, when you have mm. triplets, you think, I need space because imagine prams and nappies and the things and the bags that have to go mm. in there. Yes. So, so in this case, I guess if you're driving a Hummer, it's about saying, look at me, I've arrived, um, you know, things are going well for me, get out of my way, I'm the boss of the road, um, I'm driving a Hummer. So I guess that's what it, what it says, um, because you're right, it, the first ones were effectively um, military vehicles, that, and they weren't great military vehicles, by the way, they were rubbish. Um, but they were military vehicles that were just made civilian cars, and then they had um, uh, effectively newer ones, which were then more focused towards um, uh, let's say a road car, but you know, even as a military car, they were rubbish. America actually had um, <laughs> that's the truth. America actually had um, used some of our, I, I think it's RG34, I think they actually started using our military vehicles built by Arms Corps because they were so much better. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, okay. So I've never so been a fan of those things, they're terrible. Me neither. So, um, Nathan and Durbin. Sorry, that was says, a very honest answer, Michelle. <laughs> it's always good to be honest. That's, that's life. Life is the truth. Um, uh, Nathan and Durbin is saying, Nico, what do we do uh, when gears are absolutely difficult to change? I literally have to fight the gears to change while driving. Please advise. Oh, Nathan. I think, that's I think there's, well, there's a big issue in the gearbox. Um, so, um, uh, you, you've got to, you, you, it should be very smooth. And with cars, when one thing goes wrong, many other things can go wrong after that. Hmm. So, um, if you're batting, you know, if you have to fight the gears, there's obviously a problem in the gearbox. Um, because the gears are designed to nicely, you know, slide smoothly into each other. So, when you're depressing the clutch, you're disconnecting the engine and the gearbox. And then you can smoothly slide the gears in. And if that's a problem, then obviously, um, you know, you need to have it looked at. As an example, Michelle, yesterday I had to, uh, my car was using water, so I took it into the dealership, and they said, okay, it's a thermostat, which, by the way, my eyes are still watering from what I say. And then, unfortunately, they said, you know, the problem is the thermostat and the water comes next to each other. So mm. if they just replace the thermostat, and again, these are another guys. It's not a case of them trying to just um, bamboozle me. Um, uh, if the water pump would break, and if I leave it, and just keep topping up the water, then something else probably would go wrong. So let's mm. say then the, the water pump then breaks, and then suddenly I'm driving and the water's out. My engine could overheat. And then really things weren't going wrong. So my feeling, unfortunately, is if you leave things that are, are issues in cars, they can go become bigger issues. Go get it sorted issues. out right now. Yeah, I'll get it. And, yeah. and, and it's cost me a lot of money, but at least I've got peace of mind when I'm driving from A to B. You know, I'm not going to stand next to the side of the road with a broken car. And nowadays, yeah. it seems to be quite a dangerous thing to happen to you, unfortunately. Okay, Nico, I want to squeeze in one more question. It comes yeah, from no, Tabang no. Matabani. Tabang is saying, hi, Constant. Please ask your guest, <laughs> how do you see whether the kilometers of the used car have been reduced or tampered with? Excellent question. Quick sticks. You've got to do it in 10 it could, It's going to be difficult. It, um, um, it's not so easy anymore. Before, they could put a drill bit because it was just a mechanical thing. Nowadays, it's electronic, so it's not that easy to do. But go to the manufacturer, look for a service history. That's what you should do. Get okay. the VIN number and then go to the manufacturer and see if they can, you can find a service history because that will tell you. So there we go, Tabang, get the VIN number and then go to the manufacturer and try and get a service history, even as, as a used car. Nine o'clock. Bye, Nico. Time for the news. Good morning.